don't think, just do baby steps. We're on a mission from God. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! All right, Buster, what do you do? As I was riding today, the first official day in this trip to Patagonia, this ride to Patagonia, this crazy endeavor of a lost boy on a motorcycle attempting to prove something to himself, to the world, to the random strangers in cars texting next to him going 80 miles an hour down the highway, completely oblivious to him riding next to them. I was reminded of an old quote by someone I look up to, Bill Murray in What About Bob? Baby steps. Baby steps out the door, baby steps down the stairs, baby steps through the door, baby steps down the street, baby steps into a life worth living. I have no idea if I'm doing anything meaningful in terms of pursuing and building a life worth living, but I'm trying. Even though I feel lost, even though I feel alone, even though I feel foolish, even though I feel hopeless in attempting to achieve these things that I set out for myself, these these goals that I put up for myself, that I hold myself to, I can still move one step at a time. I can still stop thinking and just do. I can still take baby steps down the hallway, baby steps through the door, baby steps onto my motorcycle, and baby steps one mile, one hour, one turn, one day, one night, one morning, one rough, one good, one okay day at a time. Ah, where to begin on this first 200, 300 miles of this trip? So, the easy stuff. I flew into San Francisco, or more accurately, San Jose, on the 28th. Ubered to my friend's house, Vince, who's been taking care of my bike. Thank you so much, Vince. Vince has basically made it possible for all of this to be happening right now because about two months ago when I finished my ride from Colorado to California, I was ready to quit. I was ready to sell my bike at a loss, and I was ready to just forget about this dream, this idea, this crazy endeavor, and go get a job somewhere, and get an apartment, and get a girlfriend, and have some kids, and get the white picket fence, and re-mortgage my mortgage. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do after that. <laughs> I was ready to quit, and Vince swooped in and was the most generous and kind friend that I could ask for in that time. So thank you, Vince. So I picked the bike up from Vince. Thank you so much, Vince. Went and stayed at my first hotel of the night, popped four Advil, ate gas station food, and attempted to sleep off one of the worst headaches I've had in a long time. I'm not sure whether this headache was from flying, from my long layover in Denver, or from the intense emotional burden that it was to be in my family's home for the last week before flying out, being told nothing but negative things about the possibilities in this trip that I've set out for myself. Either way, I woke up the next morning feeling refreshed, and that's when I realized my first mistake. I had forgotten my tank bag. My tank bag, for those of you unfamiliar with the term, is a backpack-sized bag. It can be smaller, but mine's about backpack-sized that fits on your gas tank and basically uses up a lot of unused space and creates an extra storage compartment as well as something that's extremely accessible and easy to get to and get stuff out of aka where I want to put my camera, my passport, some of my cash, my maps, etc. Things that I want to be accessing constantly, and it's a pain to have to undo my cargo net, undo my bag, etc. if I want to get to those things. So, mistake number one, I had completely forgotten my tank bag in Colorado. Now, this happened because 
a lot of different things. I, when I was fixing my bike out here, I loaded up half my stuff to take back with me home. The other half I left here in the confusion. I wasn't sure what I'd left when I hadn't, and the tank bag got overlooked. So I'm missing my tank bag, mistake number one. Mistake number two, I am missing the metal jointed arm that extends from the side of my helmet out in front of my, my mouthpiece on my helmet where I mount the GoPro, and therefore the only way that I was going to record most of my footage for this trip, which was through the GoPro while I ride, is not in my bag. I searched high and low, I searched everywhere, I found pieces affiliated with that piece, I, aka i.e. I had at one point held all of the correct pieces in my hand, and then for some reason, or somehow, I only put some of the pieces into my bag, the other pieces are lost to I don't know where. So now we're about 9, 10 a.m. in my hotel. Checkout time is fast approaching. I know that I have many hours to ride today before the sun sets, and yet I still can't find my tank bag, which I've decided is completely lost somewhere home, and I can't find the swing arm for my GoPro. So now I can't film, and I can't pack my camera near the front of my bag, as well as I can't unpack my overloaded duffel bag and start spreading the things out where they're supposed to go. <sighs> After many phone calls, many Googlings, maybe many sitting silently, trying to figure out what to do, I have ordered a new tank bag and a new swing arm and have them arriving at a friend's house in San Diego. Thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate you so much that I will hopefully pick up the night before I am to ride into Mexico. Therefore, I'll still be able to record video once I get into Mexico, but from now, between now and San Diego, about two or three days, sadly, I won't be recording much footage, which is actually incredibly sad because today, I rode from San Jose to San Luis Obispo, or Slow. I actually don't know the real name. San Luis Obispo? San Luis Obispo? I think it might be San Luis Obispo. Anyway, Slow. I rode from San Jose to Slow. It took me about six hours, seven hours, because my little inside secret, my little trick, my little guilty pleasure is I don't take highways. One, because they suck on a motorcycle especially, but definitely just in general, they're just the fastest, straightest, most boring way to reach any of your destinations. The next time you're going somewhere, if you can afford to push avoid highways, turn on the avoid highways setting on your, on your Google Maps or on whatever application you use and experience what it means to actually see some of wherever you are, some of the state, some of the country. I rode roads today in California that I have never seen, nor did I know existed in this corridor between San Francisco and LA, and I've lived in California since roughly 2014 off and on. I rode some of the most beautiful rolling California hill roads today, roads where cows and fences and beautiful trees you didn't even know grew in California and rolling green hills and long-bladed grass and friendly people in trucks waving to you wearing cowboy hats on ironically stream by you as you ride by at 45, 55, 60 miles an hour. To save time because I was running behind, I took main highways for the first hour of my trip down from San Jose through Gilroy down into Hollister to start to pick up a little bit of time in order to be able to switch back over to avoid highways and to the back roads for the rest of the ride. During that first hour, I was pretty discouraged. I still didn't feel great. My headache wasn't completely gone. I was a little demoralized from losing my tank bag as well as my swing arm for my GoPro. And even more so, I was completely demoralized at the thought that I can't even get my own shit together. And here I am trying to say that I'm going to ride to Argentina. Honestly, I'm sitting here right now in this hotel room 
in San Luis Obispo, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I don't know if I can do this. Now, admittedly, I think anyone in my position would be lying to you if they told you that they were 100% confident that they could do this because at the end of the day, it's not so much the things that I can or can't do, it's everything out of my control. It's the tiny little things that are going to decide left or right or up or down or yes or no all along the way on my trip that are going to influence what I can and can't do. This is what brings me to don't think, just do. After my first hour, I was deep in my head. I was lost in negative mental space. I was not feeling good. Then the highway switched to back roads. The back roads switched to one lane, unmarked, gravel, dirt, old cement, old tarmac, cowboy ranches and vineyards and rolling undeveloped fields. And my mood started to change slightly. Mostly because I told myself, don't think, just do. There is no reason I should have to ruin now with what might happen a month from now. There's no reason why I should suffer when everything is okay right now as a product of what might happen in the future. There's no reason why I should torture myself now based on something that hasn't even happened and may very well not happen. And so I told myself, don't think, just do. Just do one more mile. Just do the next stretch of your mapping navigation. Just do today. Just make a few more decisions. Just focus on how you feel right now, where you are right now, how prepared you are right now, what you can control, and what you cannot need to be separated. Don't think. Just do baby steps. Baby steps, I think, is going to be the anthem of this goddamn trip. Seriously, I every time I open my mind up to it, I am completely overwhelmed at the prospect of this ride. Not just because there are many people that I care about that think that this is foolish, that have told me that this is foolish, that have told me that this is stupid and dangerous, and told me all the ways that I'm going to get hurt, that I'm going to get kidnapped, that I'm going to get hung by my thumbs, that I'm going to get waylaid, that I'm going to get parasites, that I'm going to get gonorrhea, that I'm going to get chlamydia. Well, maybe not the last one, but those sound similar, so I always group them together. Anyway, they've told me all of the reasons why this is a bad idea, a bad use of my time, a bad use of my life, and not in the cards for me. That weighs heavily, heavily on my mind. All of that makes me start to crumble, makes me start to think, what if I'm not capable? What if I don't even want this? What if I am lying to myself and to everyone that I care about? And that's when I have to refocus myself. Don't think, just do. Baby steps. Baby steps through California. Baby steps to San Diego. Baby steps across the border. Baby steps down Baja. Baby steps over the ferry to the mainland. Baby steps down the western coast of Mexico baby steps into the next country and the next country and the next country. There's no need to worry about everything that might happen down the road longer than is necessary to make a rudimentary plan or understand what you might do in any given situation. From there, you're only just torturing yourself. When I say don't think, just do, what I mean is stop thinking incessantly when you arrived at a point where you're just going in circles and start to move your hands, move your body, move your legs, and do.
Focus on the doing when your mind has reached a point where the thinking is giving you no more than it did a minute or two ago. So, the highway disappears into back roads, the countryside turns absolutely beautiful, and I'm still stuck in my head. Over the course of the next 50-60 miles, and the best winding, beautiful, curvy roads in California all to myself, I slowly switch my mindset, and I bring a smile to my face. I turn on my music, and I enjoy the next hour or two of peaceful riding. That's when the third interesting mistake, dangerous thing, I don't know what to call them, kerfuffle, I don't know what the name of these things should be, wild card, red card, uno, blitz, I don't know. That's when the third thing appears, which is I pull over, take a small piss next to my motorcycle, have a granola bar, drink some water, and I'm just meandering around my bike, checking it out, and that's when I realize the front axle, something's going on with the front axle that's a little strange. I look more closely, and I see that two of the four bolts meant to tighten down the bike's forks onto the axle are gone. So two of the four fasteners are gone, and then I reach down to touch the other two, and they are hand loosenable. They're loosenable by hand. I don't know what the word is. Loose, loosenable? Loosenable? Is that a word? I keep saying loosenable. My mind keeps going to loosenable. We're gonna new name of the podcast. Loosenable. Next tattoo for me. Loosenable. These bolts are loosenable, so two are missing, and the only remaining two are loosenable. And I think, oh, that could be really bad, but there's no way the axle itself is loose. Then I go, and there's one final nut on the end of the axle holding it in place. And guess what? It's hand loosenable as well, which means I could untighten all three remaining bolts holding the front axle in place with just my fingers, with no pressure at all, just lightly unscrewing them, which meant likely over the course of the next 100, 200 miles, they would have vibrated loose as well and disappeared into the California soils behind me, behind my bike, behind me in my journey. I would have tumbled, I would have fallen, I probably would have died. I've never seen anyone lose their front axle and therefore their front wheel while riding, but I can't imagine that it ends well. Now, I don't know how this happened. I did have a shop work on my bike and they did work on the front tire, but I'm not entirely sure they took the front tire off to do the work. If they did, then this is their fault. If they didn't, then somehow this is my fault. And I would not be surprised if it was my fault because I also was working on the front tire before I gave them my bike. Either way, I am very glad I caught this mistake. I hand tightened everything down with the tools I had on board, but I need to visit a hardware store tomorrow or the next day and buy replacement screws for the forks sealing onto the, or gripping onto the shaft, onto the axle. And I need to probably get some Loctite or something on there because I think they might vibrate loose again, given that they did this time. So forgot my tank bag, forgot the swing arm for my GoPro and therefore can't really film anything. And my front wheel almost came off. Fast forward a few hours later, time is getting tight. I'm watching the sun slowly disappear behind the mountainous horizon. I only have an hour or two of daylight left and I still have an hour and 45 minutes to my destination. Now, what is my destination? My destination is the thing I used to use while in van life a lot, which is freecampsites.net, which is a website you can use, pretty sketchy website, but a good enough one you can use to find boondocking, free camping places all across the country. Highly, highly recommend it as a resource, as a tool. It can be super fun to find beautiful little hidden places all around the country. Additionally, you can search by free and who doesn't love a free place to sleep? So I chose this beautiful place overlooking all of Slow, 
called TV Tower Road, just north of Slow. I chose it, entered in my GPS, and rode confidently to it. The final 15 minutes, I was climbing. The sun was nearing the horizon. It was basically like Tatooine or where? What's the Star Wars planet? Is it Tatooine? No, Mos Eisley. I don't, the planet that's all desert. And it's where uh, Luke is when he's young. You know, where the famous scene where the sun is setting on the horizon. Anyway, it looked like that over the green mountain hills of California. Beautiful, beautiful molten red, molten pink, molten burning orange and the purple sun on the horizon over these beautiful, majestic, soft green hills. There's nothing like the soft green of California hills nearing springtime. Just silky smooth when you're from a distance beautiful hills mountainous hills tall hills and little towns nestled in between each one i get to the top i find a good place i pull over my adrenaline starts to slow down and that's when i realize it is really cold on top of this ridge and very exposed to the wind but i think it's okay I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna sleep next to my motorcycle here, I'm gonna do this. So I start looking, unpacking my bags, get my food out, get my sleeping bag out, and that's when I start looking for my tarp, my my footprint, it's called, of my tent, which is what I was gonna put between myself and the ground in order that my sleeping bag would not be wet from the dew in the morning and from my body heat clashing with the cold of the ground. After going through everything in my motorcycle, I realize I don't have my footprint, I don't have my tarp. So, don't have my tank bag, don't have my swing arm for my GoPro, don't have my front wheel, pretty much, and don't have my tarp or my footprint for sleeping on. I also realized in that moment, I don't have my long underwear, and that is really the core thing that would keep me warm on nights sleeping out in the wilderness. Long underwear goes a long way towards maintaining body heat. I'm standing over my motorcycle. The sun is halfway down through the horizon, disappearing slowly in the distance. I take a deep breath and I realize I don't want to sleep on top of this ridge. I don't want to sleep on top of this mountain with no tarp, with no long underwear, completely exposed to the wind. It's 5.30 and it's gonna be dark by 5.45. It doesn't get light until 7.30 or 8. That is a long time to be sitting in a sleeping bag alone on the side of a mountain, cold. I don't know why, but this to me is a defeat, when really I think it's just wisdom. I decided to come down off that mountain and to buy a hotel room for $80 in order to be able to sleep, in order to be able to dump all of my footage, to charge all my electronics, to record this podcast, to take a shower, to get a good night's sleep for the long ride I have tomorrow for the rest of the way to LA. I don't know why I see this as a defeat in default. I think maybe because I had an idea in my head and I wasn't able to fulfill that idea. I wasn't able to meet the expectations that I had set for myself. And yet I can sit here now knowing that this was a good decision. This was the best decision, if not just because I am going to need to unload all of my footage and charge all my electronics to make the content that I want to make as I'm going down. And yet, part of me sees this as a defeat. Maybe it's because I know $80 hotel nights can't last forever. I can't afford that forever. Now, I do think things will get cheaper as I go down south, but the principle stands. I don't know how long my money will last continuing to do these hotel escapes. But for tonight, for now, this is what I've chosen to do. Now, what comes next? 
Well, first of all, hopefully we have our rear tire on. I'm going to check that tomorrow. Front tire will stay on. Our tank bag and our swing arm are be arriving in San Diego in two or three days. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about the tarp for sleeping on. I might buy a tarp. I might not. I don't know what I'm going to do. A sheet of plastic. I might not camp the rest of the way down. I really don't know. I do have a hammock, so I can use that. Others know a lot of the time there are not two trees, two posts, two rocks, whatever you might need to string a hammock. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do there. But what comes next? Tomorrow I'll ride another six, seven hours to LA, and I will spend two days in LA seeing people, friends, old friends, old counselors, people from school, people from my life who live there now, people that I care about. I'll spend some time with people who care about me and whom I care about in order to recharge, in order to take advantage of going through LA, which is very rare for me. I kind of avoid LA. It's not very much fun to be in if you don't have a home base or a place to crash. And then I'll make my way down to San Diego. I'll spend the night at a hostel there in San Diego, right on the border. And then the next morning, around February 2nd, roughly, I will cross the border into Mexico and hopefully have chosen my first stop, my first hotel, my first wherever it might be, and I'll be in Mexico. Now, I do think I'm going to get a hotel as my first stop in Mexico, if not just because I want to stay at a place with a gate while I have my motorcycle and while I have all my gear, especially while I'm in Baja, where it's a lot more touristy and therefore I imagine a lot more prone to organized crime, I want to say, organized tourist crime, where you know, where you drive around and you look for people's things that they might have left around or easy easy cars, easy bikes, easy, easy Vespas, easy whatever it might be, easy drunk people on the beaches, wallets laying out in the open, people who just do this as their job, robbing tourists. So I might choose a hotel as my first place, most likely. It might still be expensive, but that's okay. I'm ready to accept that. And then from there, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I know I'm going to do the ferry from La Paz to, I don't know the name of the other town across the way, which that takes 13 hours. I think I'm going to rent a private cabin on there as well, because the only other option is to sit on deck for 13 hours. And I probably will be immensely seasick and just sick in general because I'm a sickly person. So I know I'm going to be spending some money for the first two or three or four days, maybe a week in Mexico. After that, I have no clue. My hope is to start to find cheaper hostels, cheaper little hotels, etc., to be able to start to afford this trip. But for right now, I'm doing okay. I have this a semblance of a plan. I still have a front tire. Yes, I can't film right now, but it's just America, so it's not the worst thing to not be able to film. And I am excited for what comes next. Nice. What am I doing? I'm blowing Dodge. I'm getting out of town. I'm running away from my responsibilities.